Learn the ins and outs of scaling your business on today's show. Now, before we get started, I want to make sure you all get signed up for Epic 2023 in Las Vegas, Nevada on March 16th and 17th. We've got an amazing lineup of keynote speakers and educational breakouts. If you're hesitant for whatever reason, go to epic2023.com and click the sneak peek button. You'll fill out the form there and get access to a free video package from all of our presenters. So you can check them out before you sign up. And if you're ready to get registered, do so at epic2023.com today. And just one more thing before we roll in today's show, if you aren't signed up for any events, whether that's an in-person event or a virtual event, take a look at the event calendar at events.mycontractuniversity and get signed up. They're all absolutely free for all members, so take advantage of it and sign up for some events today. All right, let's get going with today's show. We got the one and only Gary Ellix, and I'm going to join him for a little bit. We're going to dive into how to scale your business. Take it away, me and Gary. Welcome to this special presentation of Scaling Your Business. Now, I will tell you before I introduce our subject matter expert, Mr. Gary Ellix, I'm super excited about this event because my company is in the process of doing this. And really what it's about is franchising yourself, right? So you can grow your business, expand your business. And a lot of people do it for a lot of different reasons. Some people do it because they want to sell their business. Some people do it because they want to have an ATM that they don't have to manage 24-7. Either way, this is really important information about making your business scalable. So with that, I want to bring in uh, the man of the hour, the star of the show, the subject matter expert, Mr. Gary Ellix. How are you this morning, Gary? I'm doing fantastic. Good to see you, my friend. Yep. Gary, from beautiful, warm Nashville, Tennessee. We were actually out there last week uh, with Gary for a few days, and it was nice and warm and beautiful. 75 degrees, 75 pool weather, degrees. yellow pool weather. And he came to Colorado. It's about 15 degrees today. So we are full-blown winter here in Colorado Springs at the EGI Studios. And want to thank you for coming out and uh, looking forward to this event over the next day or two and really learn what we got to do to scale our business. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, about a thousand things that you could, you know, start off with and talk about scaling. I think the first question that, you know, people probably need to ask is, you know, why are we wanting to scale? What's, what's sort of the dream? What's the, uh, the mindset, if you will, on how you want to approach scalability. So uh, if I'm a, if I'm a half a million dollar entity and I want to take that to a million dollars, I mean, that's scaling a business. If I'm a million dollar company and I want to become a $10 million company, that's scaling the business. If I'm a uh, 15 or $20 million company uh, and I want to uh, take over the nation and I have, you know, a satellite operation in every single city uh, and state and my BHAG, the big, hairy, audacious goal, sort of the Jim Collins good to great philosophy is I, I want to take over. I want to become Walmart. Uh, or you know a, a Home Depot, uh, that that's an entirely different type of scalability. So I think the very first question we have to ask is what's the mindset of the owner uh, or the people that own the business, and and what's the purpose? Like what are we trying to accomplish? And so we would define. I would define that as a vision. Mm -hmm. And I can just uh, I can tell you that we just did our annual planning uh, right before this. We so Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, we were in our annual planning session for one of my companies and. And um, the vision and the brand promise actually uh, changed. So, you know, the, the primary emphasis of that particular company was uh, strictly digital agency, digital products only, and, and that was fine. So, I mean, the scalability of that business, uh, the interesting thing is that you got 13 managers in the room now, so it's become a little bit larger entity. You know, when it started, it was, it was, uh, it was, it was on one of these right here. It was on a napkin. And, uh, you know, 
you you talk about props that that's the truth we sat in a room and we went hey you know people need digital and digital was 2007 or whatever when the iphone was coming out um, wasn't really a super high you know velocity growth business but obviously it's become that and so now you're you're talking about a scaled business what happened and so we sat down and we we crafted a vision we said well what do we want to be when we grow up uh, and that I, so my point is is now that's changing um, so this discussion you know, while the business has scaled, you know, from sort of zero to let's call it 10 million. Uh, now we're looking at it going, well, we really want to take it to 30 million or 50 million. And so it has to be different. So now we're in uh, what we call, you know, full scale agency product. So media planning, creative brand design, all of it. We do all of it now. So as of, you know, a month ago, basically. And so now you're looking at your business plan, Wally. And the question of mindset and what are we, why are we doing it? What are we doing? And the answer is, well, now we're not just the digital type uh, blueprint. Now we're a full service marketing agency. And that comes with a very different set of mindset and ideas. And so I think the first question that, you know, I think, I think you actually wrote a book on mindset, if I'm not mistaken. Aren't you a I New do. York Times bestselling author on, on mindset? I am. I am. <laughs> and Wall Street Journal bestseller, by the way. No, I think this is such a great topic. And I, I think when you think about mindset with respect to scaling your business, I think what it really comes down to is scaling, you know, growing your business by design rather than by chaos. Because, you know, most businesses over time are going to grow a little bit, right? They're going to do one million, a million, five, two, three, they're going to grow. But most of that just kind of happens. And what Gary's talking about in the course of this program is growing your business by design. And when he talks about mindset, he's talking about having clarity on where you want your company to end up. And again, we're going through this with my heating and air conditioning company, much in the same way he's talking about with iMarket. But we're looking at it. We've been growing for three years. This is our third year. We'll do about eight or nine million this year. Uh, but a lot of that has been just, you know, like wild horses. It just happened. And what we're doing now is organizing that business around processes and systems uh, as we, we grow and to figure out what the next step is for us. But I, I kind of think when you talk about the mindset, Gary, I feel like that's, that's kind of what you're talking about in terms of having a vision and doing it you know, by design, not just by whatever crazy thing happens next. Yeah. Not, so, so the mindset uh, there is uh, now we've, we've got to adapt our vision. We've got to adapt how we're thinking about the business. So the, the ideas that are coming to us or how we're actually seeing the evolution of a company is now different than what it was, you know, say six months ago. Now, don't get me wrong. We've always had that as a blueprint as part of our, uh, our goals. But now the vision is changing. So we, uh, we will have to get together as a group and talk about that. Let me give you another example. Uh, so in the contracting side, uh, you know, uh, I own some assets in Sarasota and the primary operating partner down there. Uh, it's a completely different concept of relative to mindset. We're talking about that whole idea of what's going on inside of somebody's uh, willpower to change, if you will, uh, and focus. And so that's basically a three million dollar business that was kind of a new construction business. And so the scalability of that business was about what do you want to be when you grow up? And so it's, the, again, the question of what, what, what are your interests as a business owner? Are you trying to build it to flip it to PE? Are you trying to create something that's legacy driven so that you're going to transfer that, you know, maybe to your family? Uh, or are you, you know, a young person and you're in the business and you want to just scale it and that's how you're going to make a living? And you're not really thinking about the exit strategy at this point, but I think the exit strategy is always top of mind when we're talking about 
scaling a business? What, what, how do you essentially uh, build it to exit, uh, whether that's you transitioning it to your family member or to a management ESOP team, or essentially moving that on you know, to some other group uh, as part of another acquisition strategy. So that business owner said, look, I, I, all I really wanna do is I wanna build it to be about 10 to $12 million. I wanna build it to be about a million and a half or 2 million in EBIT, and I wanna flip it. And that's what I wanna do. And so that scalability conversation is different than, for example, what we're doing in iMarket. You know, we've been offered lots of money to, to sell that. And we're like, no, we're, we, we, want, we see the runway. We have a vision. We have a mindset that there's an opportunity here for us to finish some work that we really are excited about. So our blueprint for scalability does not look the same as the company in Sarasota. It's a completely different set of conversations and how we go about uh, you know, discussing the resources, growing the management team, et cetera. So I'm gonna lay this out for you in terms of uh, focus. Um, so really, really smart operators always have an understanding of where they're headed. I mean, that's really the, the vision of the business. Where, where are we driving uh, this bus? Where are we flying the airplane? What's the destination? Now you can change that destination once you get there. But one of the things that I've learned you know, in my career is the better you are at the focal point of the destination, that singular point that you can point to, uh, the more focused you are on getting to that place. Like you, you, you're going to see things, you know, the law of the universe, the law of attraction. You know, you talk about all those types of things. Resources, ideas will come to you. They're going to help you focus your energies on being able to attain that particular objective. So for us, you know, we could have sold iMarket boom like that, taken the money and jumped. We, we did not want to do that. Our focus was not that. Our focus was how do we get this thing to 30 million? How do we actually help contractors inside of this universe out here, uh, you know, finalize their platforms and help them grow? And if you look at the Sarasota contracting operations, our conversation down there is how do we build a company that's a 10 to $12 million, really great customer service company that's replacement driven, not new construction driven. So the first step there was get out of new construction, get into replacement. So the 3 million of new construction needs to turn into 3 million replacement. And then you go, okay, great. Now that we have the machinery. So the second thing I would lay out for you, not only is that singular focus, but you got to have, you know, the how that the how is what this workshop is. Like, I want you guys to interact. Um, this needs to be a much more interactive session than what I would say the standard lecture is where we're standing in front of class going, raise your prices. You're at uh, 375, you need to be at 425, price elasticity, do this, 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 and this, and, and just follow the recipe. Uh, this one is one that you need to ask the questions. How do I develop the standard operating procedures around what we'll call the entrepreneurial operating system in traction? We'll use that as, as the platform. Uh, so for example, Wally, in my companies, I use a hybrid. I use elements of traction. I use elements of scaling up. Uh, you know, Traction is a book that's written out there. Scaling Up is a book that's written out there. A lot of similarities, but some differences. And then there's a third leg to that stool, which is my personal experience in you know, developing a management team. I use some of those tools. And so we have this hybrid. That's our entrepreneurial operating system. The purpose of that how is very simple. I have to be able to be handing it to you and basically transferring all the knowledge and capabilities that I have as an individual, talent-wise, whatever those are, however, however small they are, I got to hand those to you, and I've got to have you be able to replicate some of that in a uh, measure of excellence. So McDonald's started the business as a, as a hamburger stand, and at some point, 
they realized that, wow, this, this is a product or service that is needed in other places. So let's, let's do another hamburger stand. And, you know, pretty soon you have more than one hamburger stand. And now that complicates things. So the standard operating procedures, and I use McDonald's because McDonald's is probably the gold standard in terms of the franchise thought process. I mean, they are, they are the process oriented company, you know, that, that, that my personal experience, I used to sell national accounts when I worked at Lenox and uh, McDonald's was one of my clients and uh, Hamburger University exists in Oak Brook, Illinois. And so when you buy a franchise of McDonald's, you write them the check. It's probably close to $6 million today. And for that privilege of uh, gaining access to the McDonald's franchise system, you actually have to go study at Oak Brook University at Hamburger U for six months. You have no choice. They're going to teach you their standard operating procedures, their how. They're, it's non-negotiable. You, you don't get to create a cheese that's a different cheese than McDonald's uses as their cheese. Now, well, you may not like the hamburger. You may not like the cheeseburger, but they know that most of the people that their target audience is built for, they, they like that food. Uh, they've engineered that food. They've spent a lot of money and research on that. So the how is something that all the individuals in this discussion need to think about. And so that, that's a huge undertaking, Wally. If you think about McDonald's, think about sitting down and just mapping out all the McDonald's processes. Mm-hmm. You know, where are you buying the beef? Where are you buying the French fries? You know, how are you going to do this? How are you going to set up the machinery? What's the, what's the problem? They built this over years. Like we're, this, this all started in the 50s. And so right. now you're talking about 70, 80 years later. What they did is they ate the elephant one bite at a time. So I actually, you know, say that in most of the workshops. I want you to make sure you understand that when we talk about building the how, it's not something that you scale a business overnight and go, okay, great. We're going to go from zero. You know, we were on the napkin, okay, in 2010. And now we've got businesses worth about 20 some million dollars. Somebody offered us $21 million for it. Okay. So, I mean, that, that's real money. That's, that's, that's money. Yep. And so we said, no, we don't really want the money. We think that we can, you know, still run the business and we still are interested. We still got this, this uh, passion to do it. And, and when you think about that, why is somebody offering $21 million? What, what, what's there? And the answer is a whole bunch of structure, operating processes, and repetitive excellence that allows somebody to say, you know what, that business is worth something to me. So the why, I don't know what your why is, but you need to define that. And then the how is you need to think about this as a franchise. The primary question that I would ask you to think through tonight, you know, when you're when you're digesting what we're talking about today is how do I turn this thing into a franchise? Even though I might keep it as a franchise, how do I build it as a franchise system? Uh, And I'm going to give you a real world pain point. I always like pain points because pain points tell you really what's going on. Um, There's a line in a movie somewhere that says pain is your friend. Pain is your ally. Pain lets you know that you're still alive. I think it's uh, G.I. Jane is where that movie, that movie like came from. And uh, so what I would suggest to you is this. The pain point here is the onboarding process uh, within the framework of a business that, you know, we'll call iMarket. So I got, I got 60 plus employees. They're, we're in 17 states, Wally. So that means that I can't just walk out there and, have a, and say, hey, we got to have an ad hoc meeting. Let's go. And let's talk about things. So if we bring in a new employee, how do we train them? How do we culture them? How do we put them in a position to understand, okay, this is the recipe. This is how we make the sausage. 
this is how we take care of clients. This is with all the things we do. So when you start thinking about it as a franchise, the pain point is, man, if you if you, if I could just sit with you and talk to you and I go, hey, Wally, and you go, yeah, I'm not really sure about that. And you go, yeah, okay, here's how you do that. Okay, that's one-to-one onboarding. Now, when you start building a business that I don't have the ability to do that anymore, you better have a method to do that. And so part of our annual planning is, you know, we're going to work, I think we're at 63 or 64 employees. And uh, I, I, I should know, I just signed off on payroll this morning, but that that's going to go up to about 75 to 77 this coming year. So we already know we're going to have to add 12 to 14 employees just based on the growth plan. So we're, we're talking about scaling and we're talking about the pain point. The pain point is, well, they're all not going to be, you know, onboarded by Gary Alex or by an individual. They've got to be trained and brought into the organization in a fashion that allows them to do it the way we want to do it to the standard. The, the frustration is they don't do it to the standard. Uh, the winning formula is they do. So when you talk about the how, so we have created a platform that we use called Trainual. And Trainual is a software platform. And so I sat down and I wrote down all the business processes. I'm going to show you a business process chart here in a little while. Wrote down all the business processes, wrote down everything I could possibly think of that is the DNA transfer, which is the standard operating procedure, the how. And I said, we don't have much of anything that supports the training and development of that other than Wally. This is how we do it. <laughs> okay. This is how we do customer experience. This is how we do a, you know, a marketing conversation with a client. This is what a campaign calendar looks like. This is where our content library lives. This is how we do things. Well, that's not efficient. And I can't do that with 14 employees. Like it's just not going to work. So Trainual is the software platform. The outline then says, well, every single piece of information that we need somebody to know has to go into Trainual inside of an outline. And then we need a sequence to say, Wally, your first week is going to look like this. Your second week is going to look like this. Your third week, your fourth week, you know, each quarter, uh, each six months, et cetera. And we, we feel like inside, we, we talk about this in the annual plan. We think it's about a year long process to really turn somebody from, I don't know anything to, I can function pretty well. And I, and I can actually, you know, build the sausage or make the sausage. And so if you think about it, that's a long time. So Trainual is designed to help us get through that a little quicker. And so that's an example of scalability as being a problem. And you say, well, you're gonna bring on 14 more employees. What's the how? And the answer is, you gotta think about that. You gotta break that down one bite at a time. When we started the business on the napkin, we didn't have Trainual, we didn't have processes. It was just a couple of guys sitting around having a cocktail going, you know, people need digital marketing. This is a thing, we gotta, well, let's build one. Let's see what happens. Uh, so our first client is still our client today, and uh, we're actually doing a beta test with him right, right now. And the, the example was we had no idea about the sausage. So we started off with, let's build the sausage. Let's make one. Let's see what happens. Let's create the recipe. So we did, and it worked. And then we said, okay, that's great. That could be random. That could be it just, we could just got lucky. Like, we don't really know what we're doing. We just happened to get lucky. And so, so we said, let's do it again. So we did it again. That's the second hamburger stand. Okay. And now we're saying we've got to have an understanding of what the processes look like. And so then we said, okay, great. It's working. So this is a business. Now let's talk about how do we scale? And so we started putting down on pieces of paper. And again, we do this mostly on the cloud now, but back then it was, the, that's the how. Okay. The third part of that then is 
prioritization. I want you to write that word down, prioritization, because prioritization is where the game is played. All you got is this with an idea on it, Wally. That's all you got. Mm -hmm. And what I'm suggesting is, well, to scale a business, the planning side of this starts putting stuff into prioritization. Like, what do I do first? What is most important for my time? I only have so much time in the day. Obviously, I have other things going on in my world. What I need to do is I need to put those into buckets and I need to knock them off. And then I need to really build the machinery that allows me to think about that. So, so we've said, we've got three things, right? We said mindset, uh, vision, dream. And then we said, the second thing was, we got to think about the how, like, how are we going to do this? How are we going to do the sausage? What, what kind of processes do we need? Standard operating procedures. How do we build this EOS which is, you know, entrepreneur operating system, part of the traction nomenclature. And then the third thing is we need some sort of a communication model where there's an actual plan, where it's in writing or it's on the cloud or it's someplace where people can actually see it, access it, smell it, touch it, uh, taste it, et cetera. So Wally, I, I, I don't want to uh, uh, talk about your business model, but I know that we are, we are we're going through this. Mm -hmm. we're, we're going through this stuff, this uh, it's messy but we're trying to create it so that it's not messy, so it becomes more of a McDonald's framework so yep. that people can grab a hold of it and go, I see it, I understand it, I know what I'm supposed to do. And now we just, as we say, chop the wood. We gotta go chop the wood. Gotta chop the wood. It's funny you mentioned McDonald's. I've been to that facility in oh, it was Oprah, Oak Brook? Oak, Oak Brook, Illinois, Oak Brook. yeah. I've been there. It's crazy. Uh, they have a, a facility they rent out to other companies. I did an event there for a company, but it's a beautiful campus mm -hmm. and uh, it's kind of old school. It's got an old school vibe to it. Uh, but uh, it, it's interesting how you talk about they send people there and, and this is how you do it. Because whatever you think about McDonald's hamburgers, the reason they're the kind of the standard, the gold standard for franchising is you know exactly what to expect. I don't care where you go to McDonald's, at least within a country, it might be different in different countries with different flavors and things. But in, in this country, if you go to McDonald's, whether it's in California or up in Vermont, you're going to get the same hamburger. There's consistency in what you're getting. And that's the whole point of doing all this. What Gary is talking about in terms of organizing the business once you figure out the why and the how and organize around the processes and, and this business plan, it's so that your customers, there's a consistency in the experience they get. Uh, what, what happens in a lot of small business, especially small service companies like an HVAC company, is that the quality of the service, for the most part, depends on the quality of the installer or the service technician, right? Because if you have a great technician, there's great communications or a great installer, then you have a great customer experience. On the other hand, uh, if you get uh, an installer who doesn't communicate well or doesn't do quality work, you're going to have a bad experience with your customer. Your customer's not going to be happy. And so the whole point of organizing around these processes is to deliver a consistency in your customer service so that your people know what they're going to get and you know what they're going to get. You know, you think about our business and, and comfort advisors out there selling, I always tell our advisors, you know, they're, they're the promise makers, right? The, the operational people, the promise keepers or not, right? But they're supposed to be keeping the promise. To do that, you have to have some standards. You have to have a process. You have to have these standard operational procedures that, that uh, Gary's talking about. And of course, all of that is, more or less uh, embodied in the business plan. You know, he talked about having the vision. Well, you got to have a plan, you know, to, to, to achieve that vision. 
So I think when you, you know, when you think about why, why am I going to do this? Well, it's for sanity for you because, you know, we all have had the experience of living in the whirlwind, right? In the firefighting, right? Every single day, the phone's ringing, you got customer issues, you got employee issues, somebody wrecked the trucks, homeowners mad, blah, blah, blah. And we've all had the experience where you spend your entire day firefighting, right? All these fires you got to put out, you get home to the end of the day and you realize you didn't get the most important stuff done. And that has a lot to do with what Gary mentioned about the prioritization, right? Uh, I went to one of his boot camps a couple of months ago out in California, and there's a whole list of things that, that we got to do. And, you, you know, you got to just get started. So we, we pick off the first one or two, and which was uh, departmentalization of financials, which Gary will talk about, uh, basic org chart, you know, simple stuff. You know, it, it's, it's simple things like that that can organize a company. We've all had the situation where you have an employee in a small company, and somebody tells them to do something and they do it. And then somebody else gets mad. And like, why did you do that? Well, so-and-so told me because they don't even know exactly who they report to. Or if they, they call in sick one day, uh, they call one person and then the other person who needs to know doesn't even know about it. Like, where's Joe? Well, he called in sick. Well, how come he didn't call me? Oh, he called me. And you have this massive confusion. Something as simple as an organization chart so that Joe knows who to talk to if he needs, you know, if he's coming in late or, if, or whatever the case may be, or if he's taking instructions. So the organization it gives you consistency for your customers. It's going to give sanity for you. And that's what we're finding in our business, not to mention the fact we get better organization with respect to our financial documents. Uh, we're able to make much, much better decisions. And we're really moving towards uh, Gary's model of gross margin dollars per day rather than worrying about a particular gross profit. It's like I need X amount of dollars per day in gross profit to cover my overhead. And so we're readjusting our pricing and making a lot of decisions on how to go about that. But until we had the organization, until we prioritized and got our financial documents, our P&L straight, we really couldn't make great decisions because we weren't exactly sure how many gross margin dollars we needed. Well, now we do. So I'm just excited for our audience to go through this process to figure out what they have to do, the how, and then start prioritizing, getting to work. And as Gary already says, it's chopping the wood, man. It's getting to work. It's, it's doing the thing. Awesome content right there from the G-Man, as always. Now, be sure and share this on Facebook. And if you're not a member, click the button below, get a free 30-day trial, and you'll get access to all of our amazing content. Well, that's our show for this week. We'll see you next time. Until then, my friends, bye-bye for now.